from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting for the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about you, your life, your money, your career, your relationships. 888-825-5225. Tiffany starts off this hour. Hi, Tiffany. How are you? Hi. Um, um, thank you so much for taking my call. I'm sorry. I'm a little nervous. It's okay. What's up? Um, I'm an office manager for a small construction company, and... Um, one of the owners out of the two has been using a secret credit card and purchasing a lot of purchase personal stuff with it and then using the company's checking to pay off the balance each month. I'm just kind of curious, is it only um, morally wrong if I don't say anything to the uh, owner, uh, other owner, or um, is it not my, um, none of my business to be passing information along? So let me help you with how you answer a business ethics question. Treat other people like you'd want to be treated. So reverse it. You own a construction company, and you have an employee who knows that there is a thief inside the business. What would you expect that employee to do ethically? Um, Definitely tell me, but my concern is I feel like if I say something, I'll lose my job. Um, but if I don't say something, I, I if might you don't say something and I you. found out and you worked for me, I would fire you. Okay. For um, not telling me. Why, why would you lose your job for telling the other guy's got um, more power than the other than the guy she's telling. They're, they're equal partners, but, um, one is kind of silent. He's, he, he's a wimp goes kind of, but, um, yeah, um, I just, the lion just is the concerned. thief, and the wimp is the guy losing the money. Mm-hmm. Ooh. You need to get out of there, don't yeah. you? Yeah, I just started listening to you guys about a week ago, and um, I'm, so I'm only in baby step one. I've got $98,000 in debt. How and, old are you? Uh, 33. What do you make? It's all... Uh, currently 56 with, um, this job and I just got a part-time job. Now, what, what do you make there at the thief place? 50. Okay. And how long have you been there? Um, about three years. Okay. Sometimes doing the right thing is painful in the short term. It is never painful in the long term. 100% of the time that you don't take care of this, it's going to cause you problems later. Do you think that if you tell the the weak leader that this other guy is basically stealing money, do you think there's a chance that he'll just be like, uh, yeah, big deal? Do you think that he won't care? I think he'll blame me for not, I guess, watching more closely and not giving him a heads oh. up. I mean, every how long has this been going on? That, um, it's just gotten progressively worse over the past. That wasn't what I asked. I asked how long he's been stealing. Uh, probably since I started, which is how long, Uh, about three years. Um, but it hasn't been to this level. Like, um, I stealing has levels, but at no point is it okay. So you're concerned because you've noticed this for three years 
and you haven't said anything, mm-hmm. but now you're like, I got to say something. And you're afraid that the other guy is going to go, hey, why didn't you say something sooner? Tiffany, you're going to lose your job. Yeah, that's what I figured. You need to go look if for I a job. I'm going to lose it either way. You need I, to go. Yeah, two- you're going to go. You're going to lose your job because you didn't take care of this when you should have. The first time you saw it, you should have walked in his office, the other guy's office, and said, "Look, I don't know what to do with this information, but if the roles were reversed, I would want to know, and I'm going to leave the information with you to do with what you want. But it's not going to be on me. I'm not keeping yeah, secrets I, for thieves." I went to leave a year ago, and I figured that um, once I left, that. Somebody else would see it, so I was basically no, pushing the no, problem it's, off it's, on somebody No, honey, else, this but... is on your watch. Okay. You have to report the thief, and you have to look for a job. And I feel like number one, even if they thief. want to keep you, you don't want to work there anymore. That's true. Okay. This is a messed up, toxic environment. Yeah. A strong thief and a weak need partner. This is not, and, and you're stuck in the middle and didn't know what to do, and therefore didn't do the right thing. Yeah, that's a warning sign when when you're in a situation like that, and you can't, you don't feel you'll be supported or if for doing the right thing. That's a problem too. Yeah, it's not even even if the guy, even if they rise up and have a big clash over it, and the guy we're calling the weak leader is he going to stand up to the other guy? Surprise! He stood up. Okay, we're all surprised. We're all shocked. Uh, but even then, you're not going to come out of this. You've known this for three years. Right. You don't come out looking good because you didn't bring it up earlier. Yeah, it makes it look like okay, you're part of it. it. Yeah, that's what I was concerned about, that I look like the one who's yeah. actually the And hiding it is not going to fix that. Okay. So go get a job this week. Walk in and tell the guy, I should have told you three years ago. I'm sorry I didn't. I goofed. I let you down. I'm out of here. I'm not going to work in a place like this. This guy's stealing from you. Go take your yeah, new I job. I do have a personal question. Um, I do have two interviews this week, but it's significantly like $10 less an hour. Do I just suck it up and take them and work yeah. multiple jobs until I find something? Yep. Yep. Get something. Yep. Something's better than nothing. Okay. Then- otherwise, every day you're going in there, you are a liar. Okay. You can't be that. That's not who you are. That's why you called us, because it's tearing your guts yeah, up. Yeah, it's eating you up. You're not that yeah, person. You're not that person, and you can't. I've been taking anxiety pills you know, for the past year. Really hello. Yeah. Hello. John, Ma- John Maxwell. John, John Deloney says anxiety is a fire alarm warning you mm-hmm. that there's a problem. Well, guess what? There's a problem. Of course you're going to have anxiety in a situation where you're protecting a thief, and you're not a thief, and you're not a liar by nature. Of course you're going to have anxiety. So, hey, we're going to save you a bunch of money. We're getting rid of your anxiety pills because we're getting rid of this <laughs> job. You go. You're mm-hmm. going to feel so much better, Tiffany, when you get out of there. You don't feel like you don't feel clean like have... you took a shower. Yeah, I, I'm just concerned, too, about like financially because I only have 500 in my emergency fund and I've got so much debt. Well, you've got these jobs yeah. lined Honey, up. You don't have a choice. Okay. You're about to get fired. As soon as they find this, they're going to blame it on you if you don't bring it up. Because mm-hmm. Mr. Lion, that's the thief, is going to have a story that a somehow, yeah. well, Tiffany's known about it. We all thought it was all okay. What's mm-hmm. your problem? Well, the yeah. problem is you're a freaking thief. That's my problem. But nobody stands up to this guy. So you got to get out of there, girl. This is oh. bad news. And next time you're presented with an ethics problem, don't wait three years to fix it and, right and chew on anxiety pills and wonder why you got anxiety. 
you step into the ethics stuff face up so team member at ramsey knows another team member stealing doesn't tell me i discover it they're both gone i'm not a big old meanie but i can't trust either one of them and trust is an essential part of a relationship this is the ramsey show Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Jade Washall, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. High school graduation season winding down, but plenty of sophomores and juniors who will be getting their diplomas are still uncertain about their future. They're asking, like, what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? What should my major be? Should I really get a degree in German polka history? If that sounds like a high schooler in your life, here's some good news. With the new Get Clear Assessment for Students, They don't have to walk this road alone. We took our popular assessment for adults and made the questions more relatable to students who are about to take the next step into entrepreneurship, college, trades, wherever they're called. They're going to answer a few questions, and minutes later, they'll get a custom report with clear answers that truly drives them, their top strengths, and their possible careers that would be a great fit for them. Give them the gift of confidence of knowing what they were made to do because that's the kind of gift that will last a lifetime. Order the Get Clear assessment for students today, RamseySolutions.com slash Get Clear. You know, Jade, I was going through that just now, and I was remembering a guy that's a friend of mine. He's an old guy my age. Um, He might be slightly younger, but he's right around my age. And uh, many years ago, he was a photographer and um, is gifted, and this, this this Get Clear assessment would reveal that he was gifted at his ability to see things. They call Mm -hmm. it spatial orientation. Uh He can see things in 3D in his mind. Uh, So uh, he he is a gun guy, and he loved guns, and he started building a gun. And uh, he ended up building a gun that became world famous and opening a gun company selling that that gun worldwide Mm -hmm. for millions and millions and millions of dollars and sold the company for millions and millions and millions of dollars, all off of this one set of gifts. Now, he obviously learned business. He did a lot of other things along the way. Sure. Um, sales, you know, all right. that. But in terms of actually building guns, he can. He had a, a tradesman-type gift mm-hmm. that he could see the engineering of that, never had formal engineering training, mm-hmm. does not have an engineering degree, but turned that that. So getting clear on what your gifts are is a big deal. It is a big deal. It can it can lead it can keep you from going and getting a degree in exactly the wrong thing and spending two hundred thousand dollars doing it. Yeah, you know, and it can show you all of the ways that your skill set can be used to earn money. Yeah, as opposed to just drilling down on one type one job. Now, what was interesting yeah. about his story was he was a very good photographer using that exact same spatial gift, mm-hmm. but that was not his passion. Mm-hmm. I mean, he used that same 
ability to see things in 3D, that spatial orientation to see a gun, yeah. pro, you know, and then went to the machine shop and built one, not an engineer, not a machinist, mm-hmm. but knew how knew what he wanted and kept working it till he got it to do what he wanted it to do. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's a phenomenal piece of equipment That's cool. and has saved lives all over the world in, in the military. It's a, it's amazing. So yeah, yeah but it, it all comes back from, you know, recognizing your genius, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and, and stepping into it. Robert is in West Palm, Florida. Hi, Robert. Welcome to the Ramsey show. Good afternoon, Dave and Jake. Sure. Uh, I just had a question about, um, me and my wife are, um, about 110,000 uh, student loans. And we're looking to possibly get out of our house, sell the house, um, use the difference after um, we pay off the rest of the house and pay off the student loans and then go into putting into a down payment into a new house and just kind of are back and forth and want to run through some numbers and see if it's the right idea or if we should try and stick it out. Okay, so the the price home that your current home would sell for how much? Uh, around four hundred thousand. And if you did all this and bought another house, what would the value of that home be? Uh, we're looking somewhere between four fifty and five. So you would move up in house. We have two young kids, and we only have the house we have now was is only. So you're thinking of moving up in house anyway, and you're trying to use the student loan as an excuse. Uh, not necessarily. It was just something that we we could move across <laughs> across cross house and about the same size house about the, around the same amount around that 400 between 450 amount somewhere around that price but just mostly to pay off either the whole student loan or a chunk of a good chunk so of the you don't loan. like your current house no we do really yeah i mean we do it's why we've gone back and forth because we could stick it out in the house for another because i think it, we have about four years for both of ours to be paid off what's your income student loans. what's your income um about 85 to 90 net per year between the both of us. Okay, so if you sell your current house and you buy a home slightly more expensive and pay off $110,000 worth of student loan debt out of the equity from the sale, therefore have less of a down payment by 110000 on the next house, did I get the story right? Yes. If you do that, it's the same thing as just refinancing your house and paying off student loan with a mortgage. Okay. So you think it's probably best. No, it's exactly this. You understand that's exactly the same thing. You moved your student loan to a mortgage. Yeah. And I think that's where we're looking at it because instead of paying interest on a student loan is that it would be paying towards equity in a new house to where it was more paying towards ourselves. You already have a house. Yes. So well, that, that, that does not mathematically hold water. Okay. So you if you didn't have a house, house and this got you a house, then you would say we'd be building equity. But if you have a $400,000 house that's building equity, or you have a $450,000 house that's building equity, they're both building equity, regardless of the mortgage. All you did okay. was put the, mor- the student loan on a mortgage. That's all you did in this scenario. So you could either refinance okay. the current house, if you like it, and do the same thing. Okay, yeah, because we refinanced on the house and got it down to about 3%. Um, so that's why we we're thinking maybe we should just stick with the house that we're in now. Um, because, like I said, I think it's about four years max if we don't. That's just based off of normal pay. If What's your household income again? 90K. Uh, between yeah. 80, 85 to 90K. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, you're probably three years if you really bear down on it with mm-hmm. beans and rice. What do you do for a living? Uh, I'm an insurance adjuster. Okay. All right. So what I'm trying to get you to see is I want you to rethink your process of decision-making because effectually what you did was you borrowed on a mortgage to pay off your student loans as if you had refinanced your current residence in your scenario. And when I reframe that and point that out to you, I'm still not 100% sure you got it. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying because that's why we've had the decision of if we should just stay in the house we're in. Yeah. I, I get that we're moving. It's almost moving. You're just, just moving, moving the debt over. Instead of paying. Yeah. So you truly but are using the house move as an excuse to refinance the student loan into a mortgage. Yes, and I and I and I understand where that's why we are going back and forth, and we've had this yeah. leaning towards the not not moving and just yeah. sticking I, I don't, out. I don't. I don't. I don't really need to go back and forth. Don't do that. That's what I was trying to tell you. Okay. <laughs> don't do that. So you would not. We would not suggest that you go refinance your home and use the money to pay off your student loans. We would tell you to pay off your student loans, mm-hmm. and we would therefore not tell you to do effectually the same thing with a move mm-hmm. um now if you told me you were going to move to a two hundred thousand dollar house from a four hundred thousand dollar house and free up a hundred and ten thousand to pay on the student loans and you wanted to make that sacrifice to get out of debt now i'd have to think about do i really want to do that or not yeah that's not bad but that's a pretty deep cut and i usually sell my home to get out of debt as my last resort but yeah. selling it with what you're talking about you're not there's no sacrifice involved as a matter of fact it's quite the opposite mm-hmm, you're going mm-hmm. up yeah in house. going up in home yeah so you're not sacrificing at all as a matter of fact you're you're you know you're it's trying to skip weird. over getting the student loan paid off and you don't get to do that it's in there somewhere you can always hide the pee but it's under one of those shells <laughs> oh it's under there all right <laughs> this is the ramsey show jade washall ramsey personality is my co-host today brent is in columbia south carolina hi brent welcome to the ramsey show it's a pleasure to be on here, sir. How are you doing today? Honored to have you. How can we help? Uh, I was, so I, I'm going through a little bit of a dark valley. Just give a little backstory real quick. Um, I uh, I am a born-again Christian. I just gave my life to the Lord about eight months ago. Wow. Um, very cool. And in it, I, I, I was in a very, very bad time. Um, my life, my old lifestyle, you know, either could have ended me up dead or in prison. So, uh, I wanted to make a change. And plus, um, unfortunately it cost me my marriage, uh, but I'm on the right path to at least make myself better and hope and pray that, you know, God can answer a couple of prayers for me and reconcile my marriage. But I, um, I am on a business venture. Uh, it's an untapped market that nobody has touched before. And I'm just trying to make sure that I am going to be able to, with my income right now, being able to also pay my, uh, my, my bills that I got to pay plus be able to, uh, pay for all the patent stuff that I got to do. My patent's already in the process right now, but I have to get 
that there's stuff that you got to pay because we all know patents don't aren't just something that you pay for right on the spot. You have to pay for it over time. So I'm just trying to make sure that my patent, um, the money that I have for my patent is there when it's needed and then also be able to pay for my bills and also be able to make sure that I'm able to do what I need to do to sustain my living while I'm out on the road. Okay, so you have a job. Yes. Then you make what? I make, I'm on track right now to make roughly about $81,000, $82,000 this year. And out on the road is with your job? Yes, I'm a truck driver for a living. Ah, okay. All right. And, um, all right, so. Basically, you want to make sure that you're having the money to maintain your lifestyle, but also start this business and be productive with it. What have you been told you'll need for the patent money-wise? How much money? Uh, they, my, my patent lawyer said that throughout the span of the next year or so, I'm looking at probably close to about fifteen to $20,000. Okay, so you have an, uh, a patent lawyer in South Carolina that you're working with? Yes. Okay. And um, this is an attorney in a law firm that was recommended in a building that you went and sat yes. with? Yes, my, uh, my, my personal uh, attorney recommended me to this guy okay good good because in the world that you're dabbling in there are a bunch of shysters and i was trying to make sure you didn't get hooked up with one there are companies that oh, will claim okay. that they can get you a patent and they'll claim they get you uh distribution and help you with prototypes and all this stuff and uh they'll take ten thousand dollars from you up front and you never get anything those are out exactly. there there's a bunch of those out there okay so stay away from that kind of a thing. So it sounds like you've got an attorney, though, that's on the up and up. So I'm fine with that. And then you do have to go. It sounds like you're building a physical product. So you're going to get a prototype and you have to think about who's going to buy it and how you're going to get it to manufacture. Or are you going to sell the whole kit and caboodle off of the prototype and walk away? You know, you got to decide your, your approach after that, because getting the Absolutely. patent is just the very mm-hmm. first step. Mm hmm. And I've already I've already got the prototype. I'm actually in the process uh, of building. Uh, I've got a, a set, you know, design everything. I've already built one kit, and I am uh, this weekend actually I start production on building the the rest of the kits from the materials that I have right now. All this stuff will be, of course, branded. Um, I have my own branding, my own business name. Uh, so it will, uh, and I make everything in-house. Um, the only thing I don't make in-house is one of the components that I have to actually order. A Who, who's um, buying this? Who's the customer? Uh, so uh, truck drivers. And so, how are you going to get? How are you going to get the information to them so that they buy it? Okay, so I have a background in social media marketing. Uh, I actually used to have a uh, a huge following on uh, on social media, uh, but when I gave my life to the Lord, uh, I got rid of everything, um, and I focused solely on just trying to help people's businesses grow. Like so, my were they following you on social media? What was the what was the reason they were following you? They admired your hell raising, um, or they liked something else you were doing? Well, it was because of my old lifestyle. Um, I. I don't want to get too much into it because he that be in Christ is a new creature. And I don't even feel like I'm talking about the same person anymore, you know? So, um, 
I, I was a lot of people liked it because I was telling people the truth about something and I still stand firm to a lot of it, but it's no longer who I am. That's so fair. I just okay. branched off of it. So. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm just trying to, yeah, without getting too far in, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. Good. Good. Okay. Yeah. So, so it what's sounds the like you've got, you got, uh, you got a way to sell it. You got a way to produce your first sets. What is your question? So by, um, with me and my separation and everything, when I, when all this happened, I pretty much invested as much money as I could possibly invest into, uh, building myself up in my marriage and stuff like that. And I practically spent way too much money. Um, me and my wife sold our house. Um, fortunately we were able to, uh, we had a place that we could go to and it didn't cost us anything. Um, but we basically, a lot of that money was spent to, to go, to go forward in our life. But at the same time, there was also a lot of it that was blown. And I pretty much had to look at my account one day and basically just say, Oh my goodness, like a hundred thousand dollars was spent in a year. Yeah. Brent, how can we help and you today? So, I'm tr- I'm building everything up, my emergency funds and everything. I just want to make sure from someone who is actually business savvy how I can make sure that I'm having everything in the right spot that it needs to be in so that I can tackle this business venture that I'm doing and be as successful as I possibly can. Okay. As far as money goes. Good. All right. So what I would do is tell you, it sounds like you probably have already done this, but the basics are you open a separate business account to do yes, the sir. business out of the new patent deal. Okay. The only money you mm-hmm. put into that account are, is money that comes from sales. The only money you take okay. out of that are business expenses and you take care of your ho- household budget off of your truck driving income. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want you eating out of the business right now. I want all the Absolutely. money that goes in, all the money that goes out. The difference is called profit. So if you put $10,000 in there because a whole bunch of people order some of these with your social media skills and you, uh, you, and you go and order some materials for $6,000, the money that's left is $4,000. That's called profit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you just run everything completely separate. Don't mix your grocery money into your business account. You follow me? Because that'll yes, give you clear pictures on how the business is doing and what's going on. And if you're feeding the business or the business is feeding you. Because sometimes in a small situation like this where pa- people are passionate like you are, they can throw money into the project and, and they look up later like you looked up and realized $100,000 is gone. You'll look up and realize, God, I just put 80000 bucks in this. I did not mean to do that over the last two years and um, mm-hmm. without making a profit. Cause, and, but if you've got this account that's either getting squeezed or flush, it's talking to you about how the business is doing. If it's yes. squeezed, you're not, you know, you're not selling enough. You're paying too much for your materials, whatever it is. If it's squeezed, you're looking for the what's causing the problem. If it's flush, it means hey, we got things going. We got good sales going here. We all, we, you know, we got a production problem. Maybe right. maybe we have trouble producing the items fast enough. But um, keep it completely separate, like you're running it for someone else. And then that that way, that simple checking account will do that. If you pull money out of that business. Or at the end of the year, if there's money left in that account, it's going to be taxable. And so set aside a fourth of anything you pull out to get ready for taxes on that business. And you may want to get a CPA to help you make sure you're doing that right. 
Our scripture today, Proverbs 13, 4. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Tim Allen said, if you don't decide where you're going, life will decide for you. Ooh. Pat's with us in South Bend, Indiana. Hi, Pat. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. It's a real pleasure to speak with you today. You too. What's up? Well, I've been contributing to a health care savings account for several years now. I never thought much about that money. I just kind of considered it an emergency fund for medical stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I looked, I looked at it a couple of weeks ago, and it's up to about $20,000. Mm-hmm. So um, the account offers investment options, mm-hmm. but, I, but I haven't looked at them because it kind of seems opposite to the purpose of an emergency fund, right? But it's not an emergency since- fund, though. You have an emergency fund, don't you? I do. Yeah. I, is I, I it is it in that. a good savings account? It's in what used to be called um, ING Orange. I think it's now Capital One. Money market. The, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, you, my HSA is 100% invested in mutual funds. Okay. So that was my question. Should I consider investing at least a portion of that money now that there's more in there than I would ever need immediately? Yeah. I guess the exception is, do you have an oncoming known medical event i don't um not not as of now the uh kind of blessed with good health so far i, I, I don't spend very much money on health care so you know there's there's more money in there than what i see an immediate need for so dave you fully invest your hsa because i, I won't be touching it yeah I, I i save out enough for the deductible yeah and then, then invest fine. the rest that'd be fine too you know, if you said, okay, okay. my deductible is 5K, so I'm going to invest 15 in mm-hmm. your case, that, that'd be a good yeah. plan, too. Um, I've got a lot of liquid cash so yeah. in my particular situation, so I, the likelihood of me tapping into that HSA is very low, mm-hmm. unless I just wanted to pay some medical bills with tax-free dollars, which is what the HSA, saving the health mm-hmm. savings account, allows you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, instead, what I have as I approach 65 I'll be turning it into a retirement account. Yeah, which is um, very great. You know, so it's just grown tax-free. It's like another 401k for me because mm-hmm. I've never used it. So in, so if you're not using it, invest it. And so Jade's right. If you want to hold out the, 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 the deductible. deductible portion mm-hmm. to be super safe, you could do that. Or if you have a known medical event, you say, I got, I'm getting ready to have to come out of 10 grand. Well, don't pop that in mutual right, funds and then turn right. around and take it back out. That Just leave that liquid. But it's if a you, great vehicle. If you don't, yeah, exactly. If you don't, then let's use it that way. Matthew's in New York. Hi, Matthew. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. Sure. Uh, what's up? Just looking for, looking for your advice on how I should handle my mortgage. I'm 30 years old, recently married. And my wife and I have about 250000 on our mortgage and about four hundred k in assets, not including the house. So I just don't know how fast I should tackle the mortgage. And it's also at a very low interest rate, 2.5%. What kind of assets? Uh, so 100000 in retirement. And then of the remaining 300000 about 150 in mutual funds. And the remainder are in stocks like Apple, Tosco, Tesla, real estate uh, uh, stocks. Okay, wow. so you got three hundred k in stocks and mutual funds. Yes, and they all have a. And high, you have a two hundred fifty thousand dollars mortgage. Yes, I'm getting. I hate to tell you this. So the the three hundred k, it's non retirement money. No, non retirement money. A hundred k additional in retirement money. I would pay off the house. 
even though it's a two and a half percent interest and I could get higher returns on like REITs and other other stable stocks. Matthew, if the house was paid for, would you go borrow three hundred K on it to invest? No, I would just take my house. Same thing. If you switch it around, it's the same thing. Okay, it's just it's, it's tough for me to you know pull that trigger because like you know I've been investing since I was eighteen it's years all, old. Have you ever lived in a paid off home before? Uh, no, I lived at home till I was uh, twenty seven. I think, and then, I think that's uh, why it's hard it. for you. I think that's why it's hard because you've never experienced that. But when you pay this home off, you're going to go, oh my gosh, and you're going to think back on what we just said, and you're going to go, man, that's absolutely true. I would not bar now that I'm free. I would not borrow that money so let's, to do let's, those investments. Let's walk this out a second, okay? What's the house worth? House is worth about four hundred fifty thousand. And what is your household income now that you're married? Uh, right now, it's about it's my wife and I about one hundred seventy k, and I hope to get it up a little higher in the next couple of years. Okay, so you know, average two hundred k over the next few years, zero payments in the whole world. You realize, and, you, and, and you're how old now? I'm thirty. Okay, and, wow. and so you, you understand that by the time you're thirty five, you're going to have a net worth over a million dollars. Yeah, uh, that's my goal to get there. You know, well, I mean, that's that, the with what we just outlined. Because if you take your old house payment, you've uh, you got that and tremendous ability to cash flow. You start maxing out all four hundred one ks and doing additional yep. investing because you like to invest. You told us that. Um, and yep. if your new wife likes to invest with your fabulous income and absolutely no payments <laughs> in the world. See, your most powerful wealth-building tool is not borrowing on your house. Your most powerful wealth-building tool is your income. And when you're not paying it to some stupid butt bank, you can use it to get rich, my friend. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're in the process of doing. So if I were in your shoes, I would do exactly what Jade told me to do. I would, too. By the end of the day, I would be debt-free. And I'd be Mm -hmm. running around Manhattan like a wild man yelling, I'm debt-free. And... (laughs) Or Queens or the Bronx or wherever you are. And I mean, you have to you have to admit though, Dave, that's a jarring that's jarring for people to say, "Hey, cash out your stocks, pay out your pay off your house." It, it's not as jarring as to the tune of two hundred fifty thousand. I mean, that it's not, it's not as jarring as taking a paid for house and borrowing on it to sure. invest in stocks. <laughs> of course, and I, it's the same thing. I I I agree and I accept that, but I. You got I mean, I, I, hey, we've always been known at Ramsey for being weird. We have. I just, I know that when I said that to that guy, he was like, what, 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 what? Yeah, say, say <laughs> what? Yeah, he's having, well, because he's been taught to yeah. use the difference in his mortgage rate and invest mm-hmm. in, you know, he's investing in Apple. So mm-hmm. he's made good money on that. Yeah. And, uh, but you're basically saying, I'm going to risk my home True with that. my new bride to play stock market boy. <laughs> not doing it man yeah not doing it so and you aren't you know all you gotta do is reverse engineer these yep, questions that is exactly right yep. and they tell you what to do sometimes you're like no i would never do that yeah well effectually you are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it says if if you keep that stock tomorrow matthew instead of paying it off today it says if you borrowed on your home two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to put it into the market and play yeah well, and he's going to have, I mean, he's going to have about a high risk maneuver. Mm-hmm. And he oh, by the way, be- none of your math that you're doing where you think that um, you're making all this money on your borrowed money, you've not entered any mathematics to represent the risk that you're taking. That's right. Well, that's what everybody fails to account for. Yeah. 
It's a and, perfect scenario. You know, when you mathematically adjust for risk, it takes a lot of the fun away. Where you thought, oh, I'm so smart. I borrowed money at three or four, and I'm investing, and I'm making 10 or 11, and you feel smart. But you didn't adjust for taxes, and you didn't adjust for risk. Mm-hmm. And when you adjust for those two things, mathematically, it neutralizes the advantages of leverage if you do the math properly. Um, because that, you know, all, all things have risk. That's that, right. You know, all, and debt, every time you borrow money, it has risk. The more debt, the more, more risk. risk. Sometimes you've got such a small amount of debt that it doesn't feel like you have risk. Mm-hmm. But a small amount still represents risk. It's just small. Mm-hmm. And big debt, big risk. I mean, if you borrowed, take a $400,000 property and you borrow 600000 on it mm-hmm. at 12%, and now we got big risk. Yeah. You know, and so it's because you're over leveraged and that's where you're setting yourself up matthew that's a really good question congratulations on the new marriage i'm not sure you're going to do what jade told you to do but you should i just i just think it's a boss move to live in a paid-for home can i just say that mathematics aside in new york city okay hello i'm with you there that's amazing putting this hour in the books the booth dudes are back together austin ben james zach and andrew the booth dudes did it again like a band reunion (laughs) i'll be back with you before you know it in the meantime remember there's ultimately only one way to financial peace and that's to walk daily with the prince of peace christ jesus What's up, guys? It's Jade. Look, if you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.